0: Step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time
1: Best Sports Blog winner.
0: With Justin Bradford. Three-time
1: winner for Best Sports Reporter and Commissioner of the SECHC. And Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the Music City. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game.
0: Hello and welcome to Penalty to Box here at ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell. We appreciate you joining us tonight. It's It's been some good times and some trying times if you're a Nashville Predators fan. As I'm sure if it would have been before yesterday, you would have been like, hey, 3 4 not so bad. Yeah, I know the opponent, you know, but still it's positive things to look at. And then the news broke and then more news broke. It's It's been a trying time the past 36 hours probably If yeah. you're an Astro Predators fan with injury news breaking, COVID protocol breaking. And then you have Yusas Saros uh, getting injured, being day-to-day, and not knowing what's going to happen there. Uh, Glenn, just looking at yesterday's game against the Carolina Hurricanes, they, they tr- try to make a comeback happen. They, they had a little bit of momentum going later in the game. They just weren't able to mount it. They just didn't have like the, the firepower to be able to do it, and you're down by so much. But, again, they were slow to start. And it looked like it was all but over. And then they're able to battle back and, and make the game look a little bit closer too. But this team right now is reeling when it comes to injuries and they're about to enter the gauntlet. They're in the the gauntlet now. I mean, they Carolina, are, yeah. then Florida. Then you have Dallas, which is a team you still don't really know about. And then Carolina again. And then Tampa. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little rough right now for the Nashville Predators.
1: It is rough. Um, and I mean, I feel like I feel like in some ways we're kind of a broken record, but when you just go back to the basics of the game, when you're playing against Carolina, whose speed, their ability, they make themselves really hard to play against. And it's a stretch to go out there and truly think that your team is going to win that game or find a way to win that game when they don't truly, truly show up for the first couple of periods. I mean, it's a stretch. That might happen with some luck once or twice here and there, but on a regular basis, it's not going to, and it shouldn't. And I mean, even Matthias Ekholm said, he said, I don't know what it is. He's, he's been quoted saying that before over the past few weeks. I don't know what it is. We just, they don't, they don't truly show up as the team that they are. And we did get a little bit of a stretch where we were like, okay, like you said, this is good. We're on the right path. (laughs) And then it took a turn. So I mean, it's been it's been that emotional roller coaster, and so it, it once again is that emotional roller coaster for Preds fans.
0: And, and David Poyle even said too that these next few games will be the barometer of what's I, going to happen here. And it's like, yeah, yeah, Which we I know. Was,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I'm like, well, that's very interesting. I saw where he said that, and I'm like, so what have the last few weeks been? Like, right. I don't. But
0: now's the barometer
1: but yeah <laughs> and it
0: is and and carolina such a, such a fast team and it's one of those i want to say reality checks because that is a cliche term now associated with yeah. this team um, in general but it is one of those things that it puts you in perspective of what the on ice product is and especially when injuries are there it puts it in a big time perspective of how important some pieces are but mm-hmm. let's find a silver lining usually on pbr we're Pretty good about finding some sort of silver lining right and we, we try to do our best to give a little bit of hope in certain areas even when it feels like all is lost but here's the thing predators prospects are getting a lot of ice time right now i mean ellie tolvanen is looking like he he's an NHLer. he belongs in the nhl he's proven that even whatever he's done in the ahl has led up to this and that he is showing he absolutely belongs in the top six now not just in the nhl but he belongs in a top six role to be playing with other good players out there that can help him be even better and we're seeing him be rewarded with more power play time. Guys are trying to find him, which I wouldn't say they wouldn't try to find him even if he's out there, but you see them actually running plays where they're trying to find and set up Ellie Tolvanen and that right there, he is, he has put on a show the past few games uh, in a good way and that he is positionally getting a lot better and going to the right spots. John Hines, I asked him about that as well. And he just said, yeah, he's doing a lot of those right things and positionally, which we want to see and Milwaukee helped him with that and that he's playing some good hockey to where he's being physical. He's playing the body. He's back checking. He's doing things that he even admitted that wasn't his strong point. When he first came over that he's like, yeah, when I came over, but he's like offense, 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 and realized I need to play some defense. So he's, he's acknowledged that. And you we're seeing him mature before our very eyes. That's what you want to see because he is a guy that you can, you utilize in a rebuild to build around him and other prospects that he's so young that he can be a top six forward and be a top six forward for in the next 10 years, potentially. And you look at that as a positive Alex Carrier because of injuries, getting ice time. He's been waiting his time. I mean, he's, he's not really a prospect anymore because he's been playing pro hockey for so long. It's more of a, he's a veteran AHL defenseman waiting for his opportunity to make the squad. And I really thought that was going to happen this season, but they ended up signing Matt Benning and Mark Morfiecki and keeping Jared Tenorti, who is now with Boston, making his debut tonight. Whew, what a season. But <laughs> Alex Carrier getting ice time as well. So you're seeing prospects getting ice time. That is a positive. And you look to the future as well. Rem Pitlick, uh, Tommy Novak, who we're going to have on the show tonight as well. Philip Tomasino, these guys are getting ice time. Jeremy Davies, they're getting a lot of opportunities. The AHL potentially getting a call-up as well. Those, that's the silver lining, folks. The yeah. prospects are getting opportunities, and they're taking advantage of them as well, which makes it easier – for the big club to make moves if they have to, knowing they have guys that can come and fill in to still be a competitive squad out on the ice if they do make some trades in the season.
1: Yeah, and that's, I mean, it is very promising and that there's a huge silver lining if you're paying attention to what is going on in Chicago. Like Justin mentioned, we're going to talk to Tommy Novak. Just, I mean, the talent there, Tanner Janot, Rem Pitlick, Philip Tomasino, Tommy Novak. I mean, if you look at what these guys are doing, you want them to get the opportunity to come over and play for the Predators and show what they can do. So it is, it's kind of like this time has come where we're finally after a few years of talking about how we want to see these guy's development. We want to see how far they've come in Milwaukee. We want them to have the opportunity and it's now I feel like almost all at once, you know, it's kind of like they, we might be getting there by the end of the season. We might get a lot more of a look at these guys than we had originally anticipated. So. Um, I don't know, it's just it's what a se- like you said, what a season.
0: What a season. When you,
1: go, when you go through all of that, you're just like, wow, all this has happened just in this one of <laughs> season. I feel like it's been drug out over like a two-year period.
0: I know it's it's like March again. Who let you in here?
1: <laughs> yeah. We're really gonna let March come back after how it acted last year. I know. I saw, oh my I gosh. Saw I saw a meme on that. It was really good.
0: I mean, we are coming up. I mean, we, we're just honoring the anniversary of the tornado. Uh, that, that swept through Middleton, all, so many parts of Tennessee, not even just middle Tennessee, but even parts of um, the plateau and then even west of Nashville. I mean, it was just a horrific night. So honoring that anniversary and just being strong through that. And then right after that, the pandemic really does hit and take hold. I mean, we're coming up on the the anniversary of when we broke the news on air of the NBA shutting down, which led to every other league shutting down and everything else shutting down. It's just we had people in studio like, uh so we have some breaking news yeah. <laughs> coming up on. This. It's been a weird calendar year looking back to last March. And just even for this Predators team, so all the changes that have taken place, new faces, different members of the coaching staff, uh, it's been a little weird. But there's so many things in, in, that we can look at for the future that potentially happen when it comes to the players and the prospects. When it comes to um, management and the coaching staff, things like that, it's a different story, obviously, for what a lot of the fans do want. But this team is reeling with Ryan Ellis being out six to eight weeks. That's a huge chunk of the season that the season will be lost by the time he would come back. Ryan Johansson potentially out two weeks being on the COVID protocol list. Who knows then? That's the other question too that I know Darren McFarland brought up in the pregame show yesterday for the Carolina game. When Mm -hmm. there's one, there's usually more. I mean, just the way that it happens like that because you're around close quarters, yes, they stay as separate as possible, but –
1: that's the reason each why other, it's the global pandemic. Yeah.
0: Exactly, they're around each other. Whether it's traveling or or being in the locker room, even though they, they spread people out now. Typically, it's not just one. So I know we're probably waiting on that. Hopefully, it's just one. I mean, yeah, you're, we don't want it to be worse. And then Luke Cunning out two to four weeks, and he's a a young guy too that is just out of prospect status kind of thing. That he had a good seasons with with the Wild, and you're hoping for more out of him if he can find a solid spot. Brad Richardson still waiting for him to come back I mean there's so many things and Matisse just came back and he's lighting it up as yeah. well just like hey guys I'm back I know so he, not he's not looking great
1: evaluated now it's just it's a lot for this team it really is
0: it really is a lot, and we're going to discuss plenty more. I know we have a lot of questions come in in our last segment. We'll discuss that. We big show tonight with Tommy Novak, who is just lighting up in the AHL with the Chicago Wolves in 10 points, uh, two goals, eight assists, playing up there with Philip Thomasina, Ren Pitlick, and then also J.P. Dumont, former National Predator, and the current head coach for the Montgomery Bell Academy, Big Red, who just won the state championship. The Predators Cup in Nash will be joining us as well. So we have plenty of hockey to discuss, and whew. It's 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 gonna be a good one. Hopefully it's gonna be a good one. Great conversations coming up next. So make sure you stay tuned. Up next, Tommy Novak with the Chicago Wolves, because the Milwaukee Admirals are obviously not playing right now. But Tommy Novak Predators Prospect 2015 third round pick for the natural predators. Join us next year on penalty box radio ESPN 1025, the game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell. And let's take a look at the the prospects for the National Predators. Obviously, plenty of opportunities happen right now. And Tommy Novak is joining us. He's a 2015 National Predators draft pick currently with the Chicago Wolves because Milwaukee's not playing, as, as you all probably know. So, Tommy, thanks for joining us, man.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: So Chicago is off to a tremendous start this season, uh, as it should be. I mean, when you have two prospect pools coming together like that, it, it should be a pretty darn good team. What's the experience been like so far? Obviously a little different because you played in Milwaukee. So what's it been like in Chicago for you?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a bit different. I think, um, you know, the team's a bit a bit younger, a lot younger than, uh, you know, I was used to last year in Milwaukee. So oh, it's been really fun. We have, we've had a really good group and, you know, a lot, a lot of really skilled players, obviously, up and down the lineup. So it's been really fun to, uh, you know, step on the ice with those guys and, uh, you know, make plays and win games as we've been doing. So uh, it's been good so far, and it's uh, just a really good group of guys for sure.
1: Kind of expanding off of that just a little bit, you're getting quite a bit of experience playing with different players. I know you started out in Florida prior to the season starting, um, and then now you're playing alongside other National Predators. So just what was that like for you as far as, like, this whole covid thing i mean everybody's having to adapt in some way right so what has that been like for you mentally and how do you feel like that's maybe kind of helped your game a little bit
2: yeah i think mentally like the hardest part was probably before we started playing just you know the the questions of you know are we even going to play or what's what's happening really you know the off season got extended and i think for a lot of guys they thought when we when we stopped playing last year that maybe we'd be back maybe a normal normal season this year and then you know when that just keeps getting um extended pushed off uh it can be tough for guys that you know are looking for like that hard date start a season to be mentally prepared for but um yeah it's been uh it's been definitely a different year it's it's uh been been the same for all of us and we're just trying to i mean we're all just happy we're playing right now um it's good to, you know, get, get some sort of season in, obviously, um, and it's been really good with this group of guys. So and starting in Florida, which was which was great as well. So, um, you know, mentally, w- once it comes to the season time, it's kind of more the same, though. Just focus on your game and focus on, you know, playing good hockey is is uh, is the main thing.
1: And looking at your development thus far, I mean, even dating back to 10 years ago in St. Thomas, when your numbers are outstanding. You're a goal scorer, but you're a massive playmaker year after year, tallying assists, currently 10 points right now in eight games, eight of those being assists. I mean, it's that's an incredible asset, no matter what team you're playing on, no matter who you're playing with when you look at your game and your strengths and you look, let's say, at the current Predators roster, you know, we've got a lot of fans who are eager to start getting other faces down there. Um, I know there are a lot of fans who are just ready to see that youth development. Um, Where do you feel like your skills might most benefit a team like this?
2: Um, Yeah, I think, I think for me, I'm a guy who, who just, tries to make plays offensively reads reads the play well and that can kind of end up with me telling some some assists for sure I think I'm a guy who just sees the ice pretty well and makes plays and then you know trying to get more into you know creating my own shots and uh, and making plays by myself as well but I think if if I were to describe my game I would be yeah just a guy who sees the ice sees the ice well and, and and makes plays.
0: And again, joining us right now on Penalty Boxer is Tommy Novak. He's National Predators' 2015 third-round pick, currently with the Chicago Wolves in the AHL. So, Tommy, looking at the season, two, it's a unique playing with – prospects of other teams and it's it's unique as well too because it's a good challenge and you guys are obviously stepping up to that challenge too because you're playing with unfamiliar faces and that happens every year you have new faces on a team but knowing that you're playing with prospects from a rival team right now that's in the division for the Predators is that talked about at all in the locker room is it just business as usual is there any jokes that kind of play into that
2: um I would say maybe a couple jokes here and there like the Preds and the Canes played last night so maybe a couple (laughs) jokes uh in the locker room but you know not a whole lot it doesn't really feel like you know we're, we're part of different organizations right now we're just we're all here and uh, you know we come together as a team pretty well and uh, it's been a good a really good experience for for all of us I think
0: for sure. And, and we see Carl Taylor has done a tremendous amount with, with the team in general. I mean, with Milwaukee Admirals, and we know that he's helping out in Chicago as well too. And in our conversations before with Carl, he really tries to take a, a player focused um, strategy when it comes to coaching players and being different with every player, knowing that every player needs something different when it comes to coaching, how has he helped you in your development? Because it seems like he's definitely one of those players first type of coaches that really wants to strive for development.
2: Yeah, he's been, he's been uh, really big for me. I think last year, um, I developed a lot, I think. He changed my game quite a bit. Just just playing with more pace, I think, is a big thing for me, playing playing faster. Um and especially, you know, coming out of college, it's a little bit it's a lot different, you know, in the American League playing even in the D zone, it's just a lot more detail oriented and you're just getting getting the, you know, the details down and becoming a you know, a better player, well rounded players, he's helped me a lot. I think uh, you know, he's been hard on me in certain areas, which has helped me a lot and uh yeah, he's been good.
0: And now prior to you, – you signed the, an actual contract with the National Predators uh, back in 2020 in the spring. Before that, you were just on an AHL-only contract, and you've been a Predators prospect since. What did that mean to you to have the organization to step in and say, look, we want you to be an actual part of this system now and give you that NHL contract?
2: Uh, it was something I always was, was striving for ever since, you know, they drafted me in 2015. So um, uh, it's a really good step in the right direction for me. So I think just – if I can just continue to, you know, try to develop my game and, uh, and round out certain areas, I think that, you know, hopefully one day I'll be uh, definitely hopefully a player for them. So it's a uh, it's definitely a big step for me to maybe give me a little more confidence as well. Just, um, you know, playing down here. So uh, it's definitely good.
0: I mean, right. we see the situation right now with what's happening, especially in the condensed season. No doubt there's probably going to be a call-up in the near future for you here, and we're, we're excited to see that opportunity happen, too, because I just remember speaking to you when you are at Minnesota uh, and, the, and the potential back there. You didn't have as much scruffy beard uh, back then in Minnesota. Grow that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, but what? Glenn and I like to ask some fun questions, too, with, with a lot of players and help people get to know them, too. And obviously there was a lot of downtime. Uh, during quarantine and when the season was shut down and everything just is there any new hobbies are there any hobbies you picked up or anything you kind of try to focus on a little bit more when you had a little more time to yourself
2: um that's a good question I uh I've been thinking about that a lot I was actually thinking about (laughs) going to buy a keyboard the other day and starting to learn the the piano but not a whole lot I've been I've been uh you know with with not much um to do really we I've been playing a lot of video games with my buddies or with guys on the team and just doing that i also got into to chess a little bit uh, earlier in quarantine just trying to okay <laughs>
1: did
2: right. you watch the queen's I gambit i did that's kind of what got me into it i think I along had, with, with millions of other feeling. people <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. 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 i just recently started it i'm only like three episodes in so yeah yeah
0: that's great i
1: might pick up chess after i'm done i don't know yeah probably
0: <laughs> so i gotta ask then because we see i mean um Kuski Swo talks he brings his gaming set because he's on the road with the taxi squad and everything too what games are you typically focused on when you're playing
2: um i play a couple a couple different games i play rocket league if if you've heard of that it's kind of like just car soccer and then you know the typical games that all the guys play like call of duty and and Fortnite or what whatever that is so i just uh, mostly just to hang out with with guys that i like to talk to for that's mostly why i do it so
0: Oh, for yeah. sure. I mean, it's a great when you can't be near each other. That's one way to hang out, right? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> Wait, would you say there's a player on the team that you know of that, send, that tends to take it a little more seriously and is a pretty good gamer, or is everybody just kind of pretty chill?
2: Um, as far Put as I know spot. right now, everyone's pretty chill about it. I think some of the okay. young guys, maybe like like uh, some of the young guys, are pretty into it. I hear them every once in a while talking about it, but. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> are, are there any you said you watch queen's game are there any other shows you kind of binged or anything like that when, it, when the shutdown time happened
2: um not too many shows i, I want i'm starting to watch true detective right now uh just a lot of uh recommendation for that show so i'm I'm in the middle of the season one for that show right now and it's pretty good
0: all right yeah. all right well definitely learn a little bit more about tommy yeah. novak here you're getting those in-depth shows that have some good plot and everything too yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Well, Tommy, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, man. And, and best of luck in the rest of the season. And we hope to see you here in Nashville sometime in the very near future. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, guys. There you it, folks. Predators prospect Tommy Novak, 10 points. He's battling for the team lead in points with so many other prospects up there. Two goals and eight assists. He knows how to dish it out there. So, Tommy Novak, I'm sure if there's any more injuries or COVID protocol, a chicken noodle soup game, if you will, <laughs> that Tommy Novak's going to be in any call up this season. Uh, him, yeah. Rem Pitlick, Philip Tomasino, they're all putting themselves in a really good position to make their Predators either debut or just get a few more games in, in Pitlick's case as well. So just really like what we're seeing out of Tommy Novak.
1: Yeah. Really like what we're seeing um, out of all of them. Um, and I agree. I mean, one more turn that this team has to take and, and they might all get a shot. I mean, it's just, it's one of those seasons. It and, is. Which, you know, could prove very beneficial for young players like them who have been making a case for getting up there. And I think that once they get up here, they'll shine. It's just remarkable to me every single year, um, his, his assist. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people usually, you know, if you're just a casual hockey fan, you're looking and like, well, how many goals they score? <laughs> and I mean, he's got goals scored too, but he just dominates with these assistants that just shows me the type of player he is. And he's a, he's a playmaker and that's what you need, especially when you have a team who is struggling to get some of those plays made. So really good talking to him.
0: (laughs) And and it's crazy because it's one of those things as, as folks that listen to us quite often know, we try to focus on prospects a lot and thinking that it was over this four or five years ago when I spoke with him and Rem Pitlick in Minnesota, after one of their games, (laughs) When, when, when I was up there for the pond hockey tournament, and to see how much Tommy Novak's growing definitely doesn't have a baby face anymore (laughs) he's he's growing a scraggly beard we're doing this via zoom folks we were able to actually see him uh so he's 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 got the nice hipster look going Got the nice the beanie (laughs) and the beard but he's growing up and it's really cool to see how he's continuing to develop and he's he earned that contract with the National Predators because yeah like we said in the interview he was on an AHL only contract before with Milwaukee Admirals, meaning any NHL team could have come and actually signed him if that was available and he was able to get a contract with the National Predators, and he is earning his way up and showing that he is an asset right now too. And it's just cool to see what the Chicago Wolves are doing. They're kind of making an all-star team out of it. With You see all the prospects that are on that squad.
1: You can only imagine (laughs) this will be something that those players can look back on and say, not many – NHL right. players that came before us got to experience this.
0: Right, right. Okay, up next, let's talk some high school hockey. Former National Predator J.P. Dumont, also the head coach of Montgomery Bell Academy, who just won the state title last week. You'll join us next on Penalty to Box Radio, ESPN, 1025 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Let's change gears and talk high school hockey in Tennessee. The state championship just happened last week and the Montgomery Bell Academy. Big Red won the state title over Brentwood and their head coach, former National Predator J.P. Dumont, very, very active in the hockey community here in Middle Tennessee. So, J.P., thanks for joining us, man. Oh, Thanks for having me. So just first of all, just the broad question of what does it feel like to, to take your boys to, to win the state championship?
3: Uh, you know, it was a long journey for a lot of those boys. So, like, you know, for me, that was my first year uh, being part of the program. And like I mentioned early in the season, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the grassroots was, uh, you know, implanted there when I got there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the coaching staff uh, did a really good job in the past. You know what I mean? Like, uh, putting a culture And then when I got there, um, you know what I mean? I just uh, make a few little change a few face-off plays you know what I mean like change a few things uh but uh you know what I mean like uh those boys are uh you know I mean like uh deserve everything they got right now they work really hard all year uh you know and put them to uh, some really uh, tough practices and stuff so and uh you know it was not an easy season obviously like you know what I mean like everybody had to go through uh you know but with, with the COVID and uh, you know and team had to quarantine during the season and uh you know, heck, like I said, and it, and that's not enough. Like you know, we had to to uh, reschedule the game because of a high storm. So like you know, what I mean, like everything was uh, uh, you know, at one point was like you know, are we even gonna play this year? You know, what I mean, like, it just seems like the final game. Like after game one in the final, it seems that uh, you know it was just dragging. But uh, you know, the boys stay sharp, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, like I said, like they are they're really fortunate to have a uh, you know a school that. Uh, um, have all the facility and like, you know what I mean? Like the, the resource uh, for them they, uh, to succeed. So, you know, like great job, uh, you know, from the coaching staff. And, uh, and like I mentioned earlier with, uh, you know, Maggie Rain, their strength coach, you know what I mean? Like be able to, to make sure that uh, they stay in game shape, even if we were not able to skate.
1: And JP, you mentioned after the win that the structure was there, but the guys just kind of needed to shake off the blues of, um, you know, after the last few years being so close and just not quite getting there. And I try to talk on this show as much as I can about the mental side of the game, because especially stacked up against statistics, I don't think it gets talked about as much, but what was your approach when the systems and the structure are there, but there's that mental hurdle that the guys have to get through in order to execute um, those systems effectively.
3: Yeah, you're right. You know I mean? The X and O's were there. Uh, you know I mean? We knew what to do. And, uh, and like I said, the, uh, you know, for me, it was a little bit different. It was my first year, so I was not really part of that, but, like, all the coaching staff, you know what I mean, and the players, uh, you know, been, uh, been there the last few years that they lost in the final, and, you know, even to Brentwood, and that's, like, when we play Brentwood in the final, I'm like, uh-oh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna have to find a way, like, you know, to use that, and I did, you know what I mean? Like, uh, because I know, like, you know, kids, like I said, like, as much as you want to tell them, you know, don't look at the stat, you know, the game is play on the ice, you know what I mean, like the mental part of it, like you mentioned, it's like, it's there, everybody talk about it, you know what I mean, oh, oh yeah, you know what I mean, like, you know, Brent would beat you guys, like, you know what I mean, like the last few years, so, uh, you know, how are you going to respond to that, and, uh, you know, my approach was like, hey, you guys been there, you know, you know that taste that uh, you have in your mouth when you're done, when you lose, it's a terrible taste, you know what I mean, it stays with you for a while, you know what I mean, like, and, uh, you know, that's something that right now you have control over. you know what I mean? Like if you're ready to go and play your game, you know what I mean? Like you can get that taste out of your mouth and, uh, you know, and especially for the seniors, I told them that, you know, that's your last chance to, uh, you know what I mean? To make sure that uh, that feeling is gone and and uh, that, uh, you know what I mean? Like that you're a winner now, you know what I mean? Like, and like I said earlier, right? I mean, like it's a cliche, every sport says it, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes that. You know what I mean? You have to have those tough losses, you know what I mean? Like, to really learn and and to really realize how much you want to win. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, now that, uh, you know, uh, the boys, uh, you know, made, like, made it happen this year, I really believe that, uh, you know what I mean? Like, they put a culture now for NBA hockey. Like, you know, the boys, uh, some of the boys didn't have a lot of ice time in the final, like, you know, but during the season, you know what I mean? Like, they all improve, And, you know, what I mean, everybody was a big part of it. But like, you know, everybody learned, uh, like I said, like, you know, how important it was like to play as a team and then and come up big at the end.
1: And you kind of touched on my next question, just obviously most teams are trying to start out looking at the very beginning of the game. Every team wants to come out strong, come out hot. That didn't quite happen in this case, but they found the urgency that they needed and got themselves back in the game. And this is something I know all too well that fans right now in Nashville are seeing with the Predators, too, as of late. I know there are no magic words or gestures to kind of change the course, but from being both a player and a coach, from your perspective, what is that like mid-game when you've got to jolt yourself and your teammates back up to where does that push usually come from?
3: Well, that was my game plan, right? I said, "Boys, let's start. Let's start the game two down." You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. Like, it's funny you saying that because that was exactly, uh, you know, what I mean, my uh, my approach before the game. I was like, "Boys," you know what I mean? Like, to be able to to really play, like, you know, the structure we want to play in the game plan. We want to make sure that we have a great start. You know what I mean? And I made, my main focus was on that. And three minutes down to the game, we're down to nothing. And I'm like, okay, boys, well, obviously, you know what I mean? That's not the, the game plan we had, you know what I mean? But we're still in this, you know what I mean? We're not playing bad hockey. We just have to make sure we bounce back and and we get some big goals. And, like, you know what I mean? And, and then, like I said, you know, our leaders, uh, you know, stepped up and uh, made some big plays and scored some big goals, made some big play uh, defensively as well. We are really strong after, uh, you know, the shaky start. But, like, you know, we were resilient. And... Um, there was no panic, you know I mean? We made a few, you know, a few like change on the lines, you know I mean? I tried a few things that, uh, you know, tried to shake things up a little bit beginning and didn't really go like the way that I was hoping for and went back to, uh, you know I mean? To our original lines and, and kind of click. And we had some big goals, like, you know, from, uh, like, uh, you know, like our top two lines. So that was, uh, definitely, uh, you know, a huge, uh, a huge way to win. Like I said, you know I mean? Obviously like, uh, you know, as a coach, you always want to win. Like I'm not saying easy game, but like, you know, you want everything to go perfect. And uh, but this game, like, you know, felt even better, you know what I mean? Like being down to
0: nothing And again, Montgomery Bell Academy Head Coach and former National Predator, JP Dumont, joining us on penalty box radio. So JP, it's you're pretty intense as as a head coach on the bench. We, we 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 we've seen that throughout the whole season. Did any of your players learn a little bit of French from what they heard of you spouting off during during games? <laughs>
3: I hope not, because if they did those are those are bad words. <laughs>
0: so it's and I know it's difficult especially too when trying to motivate a team and I mean you head coach in high school you also coach at junior level and everything too and finding that proper balance with the intense level because every coach has their own style and everybody knows that a player has their own style coach has their own style how do you find the balance in terms of when you need to be really intense when you need to be setting back and, and explaining things to them how do you find that proper balance with talking to players because it's obviously really important right now too to see how they respond the best
3: yeah. And like I said, you know what I mean? I'm still learning. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Like there's uh you know what I mean? Like my, uh, like I said, my approach sometimes, like I said, like, you know, I've said like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have didn't do it that way. But like, you know, like I'm learning and especially, like I said, like, you know, uh, near the end of the season is always better. You know what I mean? Like I kind of know, like, you know, what button I can push with certain players. You know what I mean? Like I have to, uh, I have to, um uh, it's like, you know, like, you know, at home with my, my own family. Right. You know what I mean? Like I have four daughters and, you know I mean? They're all different. So, like, you know, when I know now that when I coach, you know what I mean? Like I have like, you know, 20 players, 20 something players on the team. They all going to be different as well. Like, you know, some of them, I can go hard. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, did you really make that play? And you think you're going to go back on the ice? You know what I mean? And other guys, like if I just say the same words, you know what I mean? Like they will shut down. For the rest of the season, you know what I mean? Like, so you have to find, uh, like, as like you said, the happy medium, um, uh, you know, and I'm, um, you know, like, like I said, you know, what I mean, like, uh, I had the chance, uh, like not just like you know, with NBA this year, but like you know, like uh, the last few years to be surrounded by great assistant coach that uh, you know, keep me level as well, and uh, you know, it's been great, uh, you know, that, but like I said, you know, what I mean, like every day, uh, I'm learning something new, you know, what I mean, from our coaching staff, like you know, what I mean, from everywhere, like you know, for like I said, like. You know, with our junior press coaching staff, like watching other coaches and being part of like, you know, being on the ice with other coaches. I'm learning stuff every day. Uh, I really like I said, you know, what I mean, like if you don't learning things every day, like, you know, what I mean, like you, uh, you know, I, I, I call it like, you know, you're dying. You know what I mean? Because everybody's getting better out there. So I got to make sure I do the same thing.
0: That absolutely makes sense. And, and we've talked about this before too. I don't know I've spoken to you about it, but the growth of hockey in middle Tennessee, because you've been here for for so long to see the growth of this too. And obviously the high school league, we want to see that continue to grow. We're seeing more and more players come out playing junior hockey here as well and staying homegrown players. Just what is your overall take on, on the growth of hockey and youth hockey, especially and and why it's so important for more players to be involved, more ranks to appear as well?
3: But obviously, like I said, you know what I mean, like more players will play, like, you know I mean, we'll be able to, uh, you know, to fill like, you know, our top team, like, you know what I mean, like to to be able to, like you said, like, you know, the, to challenge every other, uh, you know, state, you know what I mean, and uh, um, obviously the success that, that the Preds had, you know what I mean, the last few years was tremendous, you know what I mean, like uh, to see like, you know, so many kids out there like wanting to play hockey, you know what I mean, like uh and uh, since my, uh, you know, since I got here, uh, you know, the Preds always been involved, uh, you know, what I mean, like can do an unbelievable job. But, uh, you know, what I mean, like the fact I think in 2017, right? Yeah. Like when the Preds went to the Stanley Cup final, I think that really, uh, you know, what I mean, like there was a big boom there, you know what I mean? And, and it's great, you know, what I mean, like and and uh, the support that we have, like, you know, what I mean, from the Preds, is just amazing right now. And, uh, I know having more rank is just going to get better and better, you know, obviously like, uh, you know, everywhere I, I go, like, you know, everybody talks about it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Clarksville, like I remember, uh, you know, two years ago, even last year, like, you know, when I, I went for a broom ball game, you know what I mean? Like, uh, over there and they were talking about like, you know, how bad they wanted a rank, you know what I mean? So like, it's going to be awesome there. And, you know, there's just more, uh, you know, more project to come. So it's just going to be great and it's just going to grow hockey. And like I said, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's the the bad part about hockey is that, you know, I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable sport. Like, you know, I, I, uh, I saw you yesterday at the rink, you know, I was there for practice, you were playing on the other side, like, you know, I mean, everybody can play, right? You know what I mean, and we're all going to end up playing men's league, you know, I play men's league. So like, you know, hockey is great. But like, the thing about hockey is like, you need a hockey rink, you know, what I mean, like, it's not like, You can't just grab, like, you know, your glove and your bat and go play outside, you know what I mean? Like, you literally need, like, you know, ice rink. So, uh, you know I mean? There's more to come. So, it's just – it's great, you know what I mean? Like, and, like, you know, the involvement of the city and the press is just – it's just tremendous.
0: Yeah, and I remember being on the ice with you uh, one time, and your shot is still really wicked, dude. Like,
3: <laughs> it's one of those
0: duck and cover, get out of the way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's how I get my frustration out these days, right? You know what I mean? Like, I cannot go out there, so I just shoot pucks. <laughs>
0: uh, absolutely. Well, JP, congratulations again on winning the state championship, the Predators Cup, and thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
3: Thanks, guys. You guys, thank have you. A good day. All right, thanks. take care,
0: JP. Thank you. Thank you. Up next on Penalty Box Radio, let's answer a lot of those Twitter questions that came in, whether it's about the team, the rebuild, multiple things. We have plenty to answer because you have plenty that you ask. That's up next here on Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, really enjoyed our conversation with JP Dumont and Tommy Noveck, So Appreciate them joining the show as well. It's it's fun to see so many different types of hockey and fun to find silver linings and things when when the big club isn't having the best season, right? Uh, but we've had a lot of questions come in, Glenn. Glad, glad because it's been a couple of weeks since we've had some really good questions come in overall. But this, let's let's go I, ahead.
1: Hold on. What, what are you saying What are you saying about the few questions that some people sent in those other weeks? Are I'm
0: saying usually about? we get bombarded <laughs> and we do our best to answer some, but we always can't I get know, to all of them. But before we get to that, you had a trivia question, did you not?
1: Oh, I do have a trivia question for you because, and let me just say that I'm doing this for, I'm doing this for the people because one of these days, this will be a trivia question for you when you're out at trivia, when Mm -hmm. we do trivia again, and you're going to be like, I learned that on penalty box radio because I can't quiz Justin on Nashville Predator stuff because he wrote a book and he would know all the answers. So (laughs) So, I usually, I want to do it with teams that the Preds either just played or are playing. So, okay. Carolina Hurricanes I Uh hope you've studied he has not studied y'all because he doesn't know what I'm gonna ask
0: no I don't
1: (laughs) okay the Carolina Hurricanes 1997-98 starting goaltender for their first season achieved a feat that few goaltenders have managed to do in the NHL what was that feat (sighs) I'll actually give you a point even though we're not keeping points if you know the guy's name (laughs)
0: oh my gosh oh god um hmm, hold on I gotta I gotta think I gotta think was Trevor Kidd one of them
1: he is the one he's the one that did something awesome oh shoot know what he did you might just get a point
0: he wasn't credited with a goal he was (laughs) I have no idea multiple assists or something like that
1: nope are okay, you ready you, the I'm ready
0: for the answer. Hit me.
1: He recorded three consecutive shutouts, stopping 88 shots in a three game streak.
0: Trevor Kid did that.
1: Yep, on the very first, the inaugural season. So it's
0: pretty impressive.
1: When y'all, when y'all, I know it is. When y'all go to trivia and you get asked, <laughs> you are welcome.
0: Three consecutive shutouts.
1: Yeah, isn't that wild? 88 shots at 3M, just like it was nothing.
0: That is pretty wild. Talk about a hot start. Yeah, that was a very hot start. Okay, let's Mm -hmm. get get to our questions here. All right, this one's coming in from Brandy. (laughs) Pretend there is some freaky Friday magic and you wake up as David Boyle. What moves do you make? What phone (laughs) calls are made? What would he do as Justin Bradford?
1: (laughs) Well, this is good. I want to hear this.
0: So if he were me, he would probably wake up around 9 or 930 to the cat meowing and then <laughs> your
1: cat your cat sleeps way later than mine
0: <laughs> well i mean it's because she's ready for second breakfast because so, okay. <laughs> alex feeds her in the early morning and i tend to give her a little more food later in the morning because she's like i never got fed what are you talking about uh, <laughs> then probably would uh, scroll through tiktok a little bit <laughs> finally get out of bed get ready and everything and and go downstairs to the basement full of funko pops that would be about it and do some work and make some phone calls. Yeah, make important phone calls. Do work. Make
1: some really important if you phone were me. calls. Look really busy.
0: Look really busy. Uh, so <laughs> now if I'm David Poyle, what I'm doing is I'm answering every single phone call that's coming in and weighing the options. And while things are hot for certain players right now, at this point of the season, I would have already made one move, at least. I would have had at least one trade happen to get some sort of assets. And mm-hmm. that move, people aren't going to like it. Uh, That move would be either Matthias Ekholm or Mikael Glendland by now.
1: So can I jump in with a question as well? Yes. So seeing what just happened with Ryan Ellis being Mm -hmm. out for, Mm -hmm. I mean, six to eight weeks, Mm -hmm. um, do you think that that timeline changes for David Poyle now? Do you think all of a sudden when that happened,
0: That's fair. we're going to
1: maybe, maybe see something a little bit sooner?
0: I think it does change it a little bit, but it's one of those things that Matias Eckholm's stonks just continue to rise yeah. with yeah. the way that he's performing right now, and it shows value. And again, like I like to always remind folks, the only reason I would call for a player to be traded is because their values. I mean, they you get do. a good return. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. Nick Benino, I was saying for him to be traded because you're going to get a return from him. It's not because you don't want the player on the team anymore. Don't want them there. For me, at least it's because they have value and that means they're good. Yeah. And if you're going to rebuild a little bit, you're going to need players of value to be gone. And Matisse Ecklem is a fantastic player. is one of my favorites. Just his mm-hmm. intensity level, the what he does. His ability to, to, to creep in and be offensive as well, but also be back and be defensive as well as develop young players uh, is, is an asset for him. So I would think his value, can, his stock value continues to rise. Um, he'd be one of the ones, even with the injured Ryan L's, because that's where you have to rely on your prospects to step up in it. And if you're going through a rebuild process too, it's okay. It's rather you rather them get ice time and get experience. You're like, yeah, we're probably going to struggle in some games, but at least they're getting experience in the NHL, which is only going to help two, three years down the road. That's what I do. And Mikael Glamlin is probably hovering in terms of what his value is at, too. But go ahead and get him somewhere. because He's definitely going to be an asset to a team. That's that's what I would have made. That's what I would do right now immediately. And I've only had like one call Freaky Friday.
1: <laughs> I mean, even before the question, Justin already got rid of somebody. I mean, he's on a roll.
0: He's Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, OK, this one is from Rob. Who do you bring up next from Chicago? Uh, for me, Rem Pitwick. This is the next one mm-hmm. from Chicago. And then, will the finale of WandaVision blow our minds? Absolutely. It's Marvel. They're absolutely going to blow our minds. And how did it feel to get the monkey off your back scoring-wise? Uh, for those that don't know, I scored my first goal in rec league hockey in over two years <laughs> last we night.
1: A, we have a Norris trophy candidate oh gosh. Right here.
0: But it was a one-timer. I will say it was a one-timer. It deflected in off of a defender's skate and in. But good things happen. You put pucks on net.
1: Mm-hmm. And actual I'll when there's the traffic, videos. too. Yeah, I watched yeah. the video. I was very impressed. Well, oh, thank, you. I, thank re- you. I remember your first goal. Well, th-
0: <laughs> you do? And
1: this one was better. This one was better. Oh, well, better. thank you.
0: Thank you. It's been I'm, a long I've time.
1: A de- I've lo- noticed a lot of development in your game over the oh, years. It's been great I appreciate that. I appreciate
0: it so much. Uh, This one is from Taylor, also along the same lines. Why did it take you over two years to score a goal? Are you headed for the same slump? I mean, probably. I'm a stay-at-home defenseman. I don't activate because I do activate, my shift's pretty much done because I'm going to be winded. I'm a a big boy. Uh, So it's not going to last that long. Uh, I try to set up my teammates. I put pucks towards the net. My teammates will attest I am not for lack of shooting the puck. A lot of times they'll get blocked or maybe the, the shielding won't be fully open. But when I see traffic on there, I'm putting the puck towards the net to try to generate rebounds. I have the type of shot that usually stays on the ice or just above the ice. I don't get much lift in my shot. So it goes off the pads. And if the stick's in the right spot, it's turned into rebound opportunities. And I have a couple assists because of that. That's, that's my game more so than anything else, more than scoring. Uh, this one now comes from Preds and Threads. How short is Heinz Leash? Should we expect changes this year if we continue to dwell near in the cellar? We expect Paul to ride this train of the off season. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this, but for me, I don't think unless things are getting tremendously bad, I still don't see them making a move with head coach until the off season because they, they need to finish the season, see what they have. And David Poyle, it's that's another question as well. In Adam Vingan's article where he interviewed uh, president and CEO, Sean Henry, basically saying that management still has full support of it. Now that can always change. We all, we all know that things could change to where maybe they say, David, we really would like you to retire or take mm-hmm. a different role or something like that to where it's not a fiery and it's allowing him to step back. I do think right now, as we've said before, it's a top down problem going on. And honestly, with people aren't going to like this. John Hines, if you give him good prospects to work with and develop, I think he could actually be more successful. That's why I was looking forward to the youth development because John Hines history is working with younger teams and working with prospects. I mean, his, his, his coaching history has been like that, giving him good prospects. We see Ellie Tolman is actually working with John Hines system pretty well. Other yeah. players are not. And it takes – his system is one thing that you, if you're stuck in your ways, it's going to take a little while to, to work with. That's why they needed a full training camp. It's not making an excuse because it's absolutely in the coaching staff for some of these decisions, just like the scratching of Ellie Tolanen was a problem in the coaching staff. So it's no excuse there. I just don't think that the personnel is mas- meshing pretty well right now. And I still think they ride the season out and then make decisions once it gets to the offseason. Glenn, anything you want to add to that one?
1: No, basically the same. I think the focus is going to be on figuring out the on-ice product and those players first. And then if something is not working, then that might be looked at later. So I think the answer to that question could definitely change, especially with David Poyle saying the barometer is kind of, you know, Right. right here. And I mean, it could two weeks from now, we could be having a totally different conversation. So
0: absolutely. Now, this one, I want to direct towards you first, Glenn. This one comes from Megalovania. Do you think the $5,000 fine was fair? That's the $5,000 fine assessed to Nino Niederreiter for the roughing on Yusas Saros. Glenn, go for it.
1: Well, I mean, the, the monetary amount fair, yes, because the CBA agrees to that amount and it's the maximum available under that CBA. So, I mean, Players Association and the League come up with that. It's not an arbitrary number that Department of Player Safety comes up with um, player safety is just adhering to, to those rules. However, I know that there are a lot of people that get super frustrated after hits like that, especially when a player leaves a game, uh, like Soros had to. And unfortunately, I think the problem is, is that, you know, you can't take dangerous plays out of hockey. There are going to be illegal hits, and there's also going to be just hard hits that unfortunately are part of the game. So I think with, for For the guidelines, I think, of player safety, I think the two minutes and then the $5,000, I think that that's fair considering what happened on the ice. Just, and looking at the precedent that they've set over the last, you know, few decades. So I don't, I think that it's fair monetary-wise because that's the maximum and that's what the league agreed on. So what do you think?
0: I think there should have been a phone call. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it came to this, I mean, they, they got the penalty. I mean, John Hines even said afterwards, like, we got the penalty called, and there's not much more we can say on that because they did call a penalty. My, my thing is that got me is that Rider was complaining that he got called. Like, he was not understanding why he got called. It's like, dude, you made head contact with the goalie behind the net. What did you think was going to happen? Like yeah. what? what, what is good? He's in the box. Like what, what, what? Okay. That is not a what situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: was not incidental contact that you could have, he could have avoided it more or made it way less impactful. Yes. Hockey is a very fast game, mm-hmm. but the goalie is protected. Yeah. The goalie is protected even more than probably a quarterback. And if anything too, a lot of times the goalie is going to be more protected he could have done more to avoid that as well. Probably still drawing a penalty, but yeah. he could have done more to, he wasn't near the head or scooted along or, you know, adjusted his body position for him to be upset is what got me. It's like, Nino yeah, what, what are you upset about, man?
1: That was a little immature because I'm like, you are an adult playing in an adult league. Um, you should know better. <laughs> um, however, I don't think that it warranted a suspension, but I don't like the way that he acted either because you know what you did. You right
0: you know and, what you and unfortunately
1: did. even if you know he did get a phone call and he did get suspended if people like that have attitudes like that it might not teach him a lesson any more than the five thousand dollars and a penalty does you know
0: yeah, it was just so. it was it was highly curious highly very curious, curious. <laughs> so real quick one more question to make sure we get to it this is from a ray 73 if there is to be a rebuild where do you start gm coach players that is a very difficult question because i think you start by shipping off assets that are players now to try to get assets back that are prospects and picks because then you evaluate as soon as you get to the off season. Okay. Who's the general manager we want in charge? Cause if you're going to be able to ship things off right now, you're doing that under David Bull, Cause I do not see David boy leaving that spot during the middle of the season. It's just, it's just not going to happen folks. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. I could be wrong and be surprised, but 99% sure it is not going to happen. So you just try to get draft picks load up on draft picks between 21, 22, preferably 22, which means it's going to take a little bit longer for the rebuild and add to one more year potentially or or not, you never know. But that's where you start is getting rid of some of these one-year contracts, getting prospects, probably low-level prospects given the the one-year contract players and plenty of picks. You can get two thirds, a third and 21, a third and 22 or a fourth and 22 or something like that, whatever, take it. You got to restock this cover and continue to restock it. Then you evaluate what you want to do in terms of future when it comes to head coach and general manager when you're part of the ownership group. I think all that comes into play uh, after the season ends but you got to yeah. load up and pick some prospects right now and just load the system up because that gives you just more dealing power as well once you get to the draft
1: yeah like i said a bit ago i think you start at the players and then i think you work yep. your way up from there and figure out what comes next
0: well folks if you missed anything penaltyboxradio.com you can subscribe to us on apple music spotify google as well if you miss any of this show we also have other shows out through with fantasy hockey uh talking a little bit about college hockey as well and plenty of other things and we're going to be debuting a brand new podcast soon called smashville backstage which takes a look at the music industry and the natural predators and behind the scenes of the music industry and the natural predators that's coming up on penalty box radio's podcast sites for glenn blackwell and producer max appreciate you taking care of us as always good sir this is justin bradford thanks for listening to penalty box radio here on espn 1025 the game